We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Your guys, Cody and Derek here, back for another episode, guys. And guys, this is the ultimate summer off-season episode. We are going to look through every single draft from the Chris Ballard era so far, starting from the 2017 draft. We are going to talk all the way through the 2021 draft. We are not going to talk about the 2022 draft because we have not seen these players touch the football field for the Indianapolis Colts yet. So we are going to look at every player, break it down, talk about it, grade each draft, all that good stuff. Guys, this is the perfect prototypical episode for the summer because it is extremely boring right now in terms of content. So here's where we are, scraping the bottom of the barrel here, ready to go. So let's get into it. Derek, why don't you take us away with the 2017 draft Chris Ballard's first draft. Keep in mind, this was a draft that Chris Ballard came into without a lot of his scouts that he has now, right? It was kind of the old scouts from the previous regime. He had his, you know, not his head coach. He had Chuck Pagano still. Really kind of an odd situation. Uh, let's look at this draft. Let's start. I'll let you do it. Take it away. All right. So there were eight picks in this draft with the first round pick being safety Malik Hooker, you had in the second round them selecting cornerback Quincy Wilson. In the third round, you had edge rusher Terrell Basham. You had in round four, there were three picks in round four. You know, Mallard loves his uh, third and fourth round picks. Uh, tackle Zach Boehner. You had running back Marlon Mack. You had defensive tackle Grover Stewart. And then in the final two rounds, which were round five, those are the last two picks for him. Uh, that was cornerback Nate Hairston and linebacker Anthony Walker Jr. So obviously, Cody, we look at some of these couple guys on different teams now. Uh, you know, is I think one person, there's only one person left from this draft on this roster currently. So I mean, if it tells you anything, obviously, Colts-friendly, this draft, it, it was not. No, it was not. But to be fair, you were drafting for a scheme that wasn't your scheme yet. So you do wonder, okay, were some of these players you know, more designed or drafted to play in a 3-4 as opposed to the 4-3 that the Colts switched to the next year under Matt Eberflus? So I do have that question. I'll say this. you know, There wasn't like 
necessarily a great pick. I think the best pick, obviously, Grover Stewart, um, who is a run-stopping defensive tackle. He's really good, but you know that's a low-impact position. So if that tells you anything about how this draft went for the Colts, it wasn't great. You did have a couple guys that you would say were hits that just, you know, you, you found other guys that were better. But they still were solid players at the time. I mean, players like Marlon Mack, obviously. Um, you talked about players like Anthony Walker, who I thought was a good player for the Colts when he was here. Just, you know, didn't sign a second contract. So there was a couple guys there that I thought were solid. But overall, I mean, especially the first three rounds, very disappointing for the Colts. Yeah, I mean, you had some higher expectations for a few of these guys. And, you know, Malik Hooker was signed on and we kind of expected him to be what Julian Blackman is now, right? What we think Julian Blackman is going to be, you know, that ball hawk in the back that, you know, can make some big plays for you. Uh, Obviously with the Cowboys now, just didn't really pan out for us, you know, hoping that he does something better. We obviously know Quincy Wilson, throwing shots at Indy when he went to the Jets, you know, said, I want to cover a man, not cover grass. So, you know, that's always been a a fun thing to talk about. Uh, Terrell Basham, I mean, I think he's on the Jets still too, if I'm not mistaken. And he's actually had a pretty decent role with the uh, New York Jets as well. So, you know, he's, he's been impactful, just not with us. And then obviously Zach Boehner, went to the Steelers and then obviously got injured after doing very well. I believe it was in the 2020 season was doing really well. And then ultimately suffered a very bad injury. Uh, Marlon Mack. I mean, again, Marlon Mack was the running back for this team for the entirety of his young career before Jonathan Taylor came in. Obviously Marlon Mack has been a stud running back for us. You know, can't really put a price on that. Grover Stewart, We've watched him mold from, you know, a guy that we didn't expect anything of to now being a starting defensive tackle for us in this great front. So, you know, Grover Stewart has really upped his game. Nate Harrison usually has been a depth piece, you know, kind of a special teams guy. Anthony Walker Jr., I I still think a lot of Colts fans really understood and appreciated that man enough for what he has done. He went into a linebacker situation where there was nobody in that linebacker room. And he made that linebacker room basically relevant again before Darius Leonard ended up coming in and taking the NFL by storm. Uh, Anthony Walker was a great player. Just wanted to go uh, to a different place of scenery where you get more playing time. Uh, You know, at the end of the day, you know, Ballard brought in a bunch of guys here that are still doing respectfully well with a couple different teams. And you still have one guy on here that, you know, is still one of your starters to this day. And he was a fourth round pick. So overall, I mean, what, what kind of grade would you give this draft? Yeah. I mean, I think I got to go no higher than a C, uh, maybe even a C minus just because, you know, none of your high round picks did anything of note. Like none of the guys could stay healthy or be consistent. Right. And, and that was just a big deal. And, you know, you cut some of these guys fairly early into their careers. Like Zach Banner didn't even make it out of training camp. Right. If you remember, uh, Terrell Bashamly lasted, I think one or two seasons with the Colts and, you know, Quincy Wilson was off and on. He was hot and cold and just never really found a place with this team. And, you know, the, the highest guy you drafted, Malik Hooker, could never stay healthy and could never stay consistent. So, I mean, you got one. At the end of the day, you got a couple solid players. You got one more impact player, but at a low kind of impact position. So I think I'm going to go C-. What do you think? What do you think? What are your thoughts? I think 
that if you would w- were wanting to give this a D, I could completely understand just I'm, due I'm to the fact of there. where it is right now. Yeah. Like I would go C minus just simply for the fact that we did have half of these players for the majority of their rookie contracts. Like they did play through their rookie contracts and then just ultimately decided they either didn't get the playing time that they wanted based off of other good drafts that Ballard has now had. But, you know, like, again, we we kept Marlon Mack for all good of three years, and he's been, he was phenomenal. Grover Stewart is still on this team, impacting it in a great way. Uh, Anthony Walker, for those three years, was a phenomenal linebacker for us. I mean, and you can't fault, you know, Ballard for the Malik Hooker thing due to the fact that, again, never had an injury problem coming into – the NFL are coming into college. And then when he gets to the NFL, all of a sudden that happens. So, you know, it was, it was a good pick at the time that it did happen. Just ultimately didn't turn out. So I'd agree with you probably a C minus. I can't go above a C. You can't, there's just no way to really say that that's true. Yep. Yeah. So I honestly, I think this probably was the worst draft of Chris Ballard's tenure just because of all the misses they had there in the first three rounds, especially like even fourth round as well. So yeah, not a great draft for the Colts overall, you know, and, and a big reason why they really didn't do a whole lot in that 2017 season. Right. So, uh, but now we can move on to the 2018 draft. Uh, a lot of people think, and us included, this was probably the greatest draft, one of the greatest drafts, certainly of all time. Certainly, probably one of the greatest drafts in Colts history. Um, let's go through it, Derek. Take take me through this 2018 draft. There are 11 picks here to break down. Ooh. Okay, so there's a lot. Ballard loves them picks. Okay, and yeah. this was the definition of that. Okay, so first round, you go with your first pick, and that is All Pro guard Quentin Nelson. They have three second-round picks. Turns out to be linebacker and all-pro Darius Leonard. You had should-have-been-all-pro tackle Braden Smith. Then you had defensive end Kamoko Ture finishing out the second round. Actually, you had four second-rounders. And then the other one is defensive lineman Tyquan Lewis. Okay, so there's four. I didn't miss it. Then you have the fourth round. You have running back Naheem Hines, soon to be all-pro at one point. Two uh, fifth rounders. You had Darius Fountain and running back Jordan Wilkins. You had the sixth rounder, wide receiver Deion Kane. And then your two seventh rounders, which is linebacker Matthew Adams and linebacker Zaire Franklin. Now, I mean, Cody, I've, I'm flabbergasted by this draft because even just a few of these guys now leaving still to this day, like the amount of return that the Colts roster has based simply on this draft. I mean, this is the first draft since the 1980s where you drafted a a pair of all pro guys in the same draft as rookies. Okay. That does not happen. It doesn't happen very often. It hadn't happened in 30 plus years before this. And the Colts did it here with those first two picks in Nelson and Leonard. Yeah, phenomenal picks. I mean, the the fact that also, you know, we forgot to mention that the Colts originally had the third overall pick because they were, I believe they finished four and 12 that year. They were not a good football team the season prior. And so, you know, they were able to trade that third round pick or that 
number three overall pick to the New York Jets. And they were able to acquire another second round pick um, as well. And so the Colts just had a ton of draft capital, right? They had a ton of draft capital this draft uh, oh, yeah. to really get some impact players here. Um, you talked about it. I mean, you look at the first three picks. All these guys are Pro Bowl, all pro players, which is just crazy to me. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what the crazy thing is? I really believe if Kamoko Torre wouldn't have got injured in that Kansas City game, he would probably still be on this roster. Yeah. I really believe really? that he would. He was impactful. Yes. He was when he was healthy, you know? And and that's just the bummer. It was just like at that point, he just he had that injury and and you know, he still I think has some in the tank, but you know, if he would have stayed healthy, I think this draft could have been the greatest of all time. It, it might still be, but it would have even added to it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like a talent issue at all. It was just a lot of unforeseen and unfortunate circumstances with Kamoko Ture. Especially um, last really, season when yeah. we're talking about, like, he should have been playing more. You and I yeah. both know this after talking with Lawrence and a bunch of other people. Like, I don't know what the defensive line coach before Brian Baker was thinking before, but... Kamoko Ture should have been playing more at the end yes. of last season. Yeah, he was a good player when he was on the field for the Colts. Yes. It's just, unfortunately, that defensive line room right now is so crowded. It's like, I don't blame Kamoko Ture for wanting to go somewhere else to yeah. get more opportunities. So it just was a thing where it's like, yeah, I get it. I get it. So, uh, but also, you got to talk about Taekwon Lewis as well, who came in and, and, Looked really good, and then he really struggled for a while, and then he's looked really, really good. He, I would say, over the last couple seasons, as far as the defensive end position goes, Tyquan Lewis has been your best and most consistent player when he's out there. I really believe that. So I love the fact that you brought him back on a one-year deal. Um, I believe that you know if he wouldn't have got injured, he probably would have got signed for a multi-year deal. Yes. Um, so I'm hoping that he can rebound and, and can be a part of the Colts' plans in their future moving forward. Um, but, you know... There's certainly the second round. Chris Ballard did a, some tremendous work here. The fact that, you know, you had four, you talk about four second round picks, and three of those guys have been really high impact players for you when they've been on the field. Two specifically have been all pro level. Um, another guy's been, you know, above average to really, really good. Um, so that's tremendous return that you've gotten in that second round. That's That's phenomenal. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then you look, you look even further down. I mean, you drafted two running backs in the fourth and fifth round. And I mean, Naheem Hines, I mean, we've been talking about him all the time and you know, he's second running back now only behind Jonathan Taylor and Hines and his specialty and his skill set. I mean, it's, it's turning into a great return for Indy and it could be an even bigger return this year, knowing what Frank Reich might do for him in the system. And I mean, even Jordan Wilkins, Jordan Wilkins, obviously he's not on the team any longer just due to how drastic this running back room has gotten for Indianapolis. But Jordan Wilkins, I mean, don't forget in 20, uh, I think it was in 2019, Jordan Wilkins led the NFL in yards per carry for a good chunk of that season. He was averaging 5.7 yards per carry for somebody that had over 60 carries. I mean, that's incredible. And he was your he was your second running back at that time. I mean, that's incredible to think a fifth round running back was leading the NFL in yards per carry at one point. So like, again, Ballard just scraping some guy out of, out of nowhere that nobody knew about. And he's impacting the team in a huge way. Yep. 
Talk about impact. How about the two seventh round picks that Colts had? Yeah. Matthew Adams, who obviously did not get re-signed, signed with the Chicago Bears, um, but it was a key special teams player for you for a mm-hmm. lot of years. And then Zaire Franklin, obviously, who you just re-signed, your special teams captain. So the fact that you've been able to find a stud on the two studs on the offensive line, um, a stud at linebacker who is also a team captain. Uh, find a running back who's probably one of the best receiving backs, if not the best in the NFL, and also get a special teams captain as well. I mean, my goodness, A-plus are all around for me. I mean, there's no question. Let me see. So you have a generational offensive lineman. You have a generational linebacker from this group. You have a guy that should that is playing at an all-pro level when he's healthy. You got a guy who's no longer on the team but was impactful at times. You have another one who you just re-signed on a one-year deal that's also impactful. You have a running back who's your second running back that was easily in 2020 was the best out of the backfield running back in the entire NFL. You went and got, you had another running back that's no longer on your team, but was uh, beating everyone in yards per carry as a second running back. And then in the second round, you got two guys, one that's not on the team, but both guys that have played phenomenal roles on special teams. Like our that were great special teams players. This is a plus 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 man. I mean, it's this this yeah. there doesn't get to be a lot of drafts better than this one. And it's yeah. the one thing that we always love to come back to. It's always great to reminisce just on these guys and the fact that these guys are like 25, 26 years old, Cody. I mean, these guys are some of these guys are still on the rookie deals. I mean, it's incredible. Just like some of the the talent that we have here from 2018, it's phenomenal. Yep. And that's a big reason why we are so excited about this team moving forward, even with the uncertainty of that quarterback. Like, because this draft right here was a Chris Ballard staple. He found guys at the early part of the draft. He found guys at the middle. He found guys at the end. Um, and that's how you knock a, knock a draft right out of the park. So round of applause to Chris Ballard on that one and company. That was a phenomenal, phenomenal draft. All right. Going to 2019, though. Um, not as great at a draft for the Colts. It's really weird, Derek, because it feels like the even years, Chris Ballard has had some really good drafts. The odd years, they haven't been as good, at yeah. least right now, with the Colts. I don't know quite why that is, um, but it's kind of interesting nonetheless. Um, but with their, the Colts did not have a first-round pick, if you remember, in this draft, right? Um because they did trade back in this draft, right? They had, because they were a really good team. The Colts were a playoff team. They won a playoff game. So they were they were in the late 20s, right? They were in the, the 20s there. I think it was like 26, um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they were like right in the middle, right? Um, mm-hmm. Something like that. So what did they do? They traded away that pick. Um, they moved back into the second round. So they had it. They, they basically got another second round pick and I think won the following year as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, you know, they got a, they got some good return for it, but they, they didn't end up picking till, uh, round two is their earliest pick here. Um, and at pick number 34, so almost in the first round, the Colts selected cornerback Rocky Sin out of Temple. And it's very interesting to talk about Rocky Sin because uh, he had kind of an up and down couple of years with Indianapolis. And the good thing is for the Colts is last year it was an up for him. And the Colts were able to actually send him away this last season or this, this past offseason uh, for a really impactful pass rusher in Yannick Ngakwe. But for his time in Indianapolis, what were your overall thoughts on Rocky Sin? Just a guy that had some ups, had some downs, had some ups. You know, his, his career was basically defined by 
extreme highs and extreme lows. You know, it's one of those situations like everybody in the freaking country, even their mother was praying that Rocky Sin would not be on the roster after 2020. But I mean, you and I both said that we were going to give this guy another chance. And, you know, in 2021 uh, or in 2020, you know, we thought he would be better. Um, and I, I think he ended up being a pretty good player for us in 2021. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, he, he just, the, the Colts felt that they could move in a different direction, knowing how good Isaiah Rogers has now become. And, you know, when you get to trade away uh, Rock for, you know, a bona fide defensive end, you know, I mean, really went to show you the value that the Raiders seem to think Rock has because, you know, you're trading away a, uh, a, a guy who has been known around the league as an enforcer on the defensive line. And you're trading that guy away for uh, a young, uh, a young cornerback who's had his ups and downs. Obviously he has some potential still left. Yep. So we would say that was a, probably a pretty solid pick for the Colts overall. Yeah, solid. And I would say rock was the best corner on the Colts last year from a consistency standpoint. So he was definitely on the up and up. So excited to see him continue his future in the NFL. I think he has a bright future. Um, now here's a guy that I would say is the first, like with the Chris Ballard with his scouts first, like outright miss for the Colts. And that's, Defensive end Ben Banigou. And it's unfortunate because we feel like Ben Banigou has a lot of talent still. I mean, the raw athletic score that he has is is over nine. So he's very, very athletic. Um, but this was another guy the Colts got in the second round, pick number 49. What were your thoughts on Ben Banigou and kind of his impact or lack thereof so far? Yeah, I kind of I, I remember hearing that pick and I was just like, who? You know, like I, I was like, why did we make that pick? And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we just, we've heard, I mean, we've had Ben Banigou on this show before. So, you know, we're thankful for him for doing that. Obviously, Ben has had his issues with, you know, the coaching staff and, you know, talking about, you know, not maybe some people question his effort uh, and the amount of work he puts into sometimes. Uh, again, we're not in the locker room. We don't know these things. We just go off of what we've been told by other people. But nevertheless, I mean, you know, Ben Banigou, you know, you're a second round draft pick, you know, and it, when he was a rookie, you know, things looked okay. You know, he had a couple moments where he shined and, you know, we're like, okay, you know, he's showing a little bit, you know, maybe we work on it a little bit. 2020, maybe we start to see a new reformed uh, Ben Banigou. And, you know, 2020, we barely saw him at all at the end of the year and 2021 we didn't see him at all so you know it's kind of one of those situations where you know you wonder is he going to remain on the roster after a while because of you know just not seeing him play at all hmm. I do think this is his last chance with the Colts I mean I think uh, I'm glad that they've kept him around to give him one more opportunity with a new coaching staff and such um, because the talent is there unquestioned the talent is there for Banigou. Um, I, I think he does have a chance still with the new coaching staff to develop into a solid player for the Colts I really do think he does um, but the question is you know is it too little too late for Ben Banigou? because you look at all the defensive players at the defensive end position specifically for the Colts and you're like does he even make the roster like you mentioned like you know you have guys like Quiddy Pay, Daiwa Dangbo, Taekwon Lewis you know, and so many other guys as well on this defensive line room where you're like, is there a roster spot for him? I think he's going to have to earn it. Certainly he's going to have to earn it. And I think 
at least from the with the Colts, I think this is his last chance. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's continue on here. Uh, the Colts had another second-round pick, pick number 59 overall. And this is the guy that, my goodness, we want to see more of him, but we just haven't been able to because of injuries. And that's Paris Campbell, wide receiver out of Ohio State. Obviously, Derek, this is your guy. You defended him, um, and you've gotten some flack for it. So I want to hear your thoughts on Paris Campbell. I mean, again, this is – I mean, if you're going to look at the pick from face value, of course you're going to say uh, this pick is, you know, not – has been like a total disaster for Chris Ballard. You know, when you look at who they could have gotten. You know, we talk all the time about, you know, Terry McLaurin getting picked three picks after. Uh, DK Metcalf getting taken like 12 picks after. You know, so you look at those two guys who are like – almost pretty much elite wide receivers in this game and Paris Campbell, who we think has the ability to show elite stuff on the field. He just has it, you know, whether or not you blame Ballard for that. I don't necessarily blame Ballard for it because again, we never knew that he never had a injury problem at all in his life up until just now. So we're just hoping that, you know, these freak injuries that continue to keep happening to him, you hope that he doesn't keep getting more of those and then we can start seeing the reason why the Colts drafted him over guys like Terry McLaurin and DK Metcalf. Yeah. Well, so far, it just obviously has not panned out at all. And in hindsight, obviously, you would have taken those guys because they've been productive and they've been healthy, right? But you'd want it. Obviously, there's still hope for Paris Campbell. Hopefully, this is a season that he turns it around and, and really shows why the Colts took him there in the second round. But as far as it is right now, it seems like on the surface, from what you've gotten so far, these two guys have been misses so far. But there's still time to make it up, so hopefully they do. All right. Uh, the Colts had a third-round pick here in pick number 89 overall. They selected linebacker out of Stanford, Bobby Okereke. Future now, Hall of Fame. Future Hall of Famer. Sorry, excuse me. Based off what Pat McAfee tells us. Pat McAfee uh, announced this pick and said future Hall of Famer. So uh, Bobby Okereke here, uh, you know, has developed now into your starting Mike linebacker. And I feel like he's progressively gotten better as a linebacker in his couple, first couple seasons with the Colts. Um, and I think he has a future here with the Colts as their starting Mike linebacker. And, uh, you know, we talked about Anthony Walker earlier. Bobby Okereke is a big reason why the Colts felt comfortable letting Walker go to Cleveland. So yeah. what are your thoughts overall, Derek, on Bobby Okereke and his impact with the Colts so far? This this draft pick has really turned out to be a great one. You know, I mean, there was questions about him coming out of Stanford because people were talking about, you know, the um, the sexual assault uh accusation that was made against him when he was in school and obviously you know at that time Ballard and the Colts organization made it a point to make their campaign all about player safety and talking about you know building a locker room culture right that was the big thing that was what everyone was talking about so you brought in a guy like Bobby Okereke who had a character issue situation come out about him but then the Colts were saying we 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 understand the flack on that but at the end of the day we believe this is a good man and that you know things obviously went the way that they wanted to for him obviously things worked out for the good for him and obviously what he's done on the football field he's been phenomenal for Indianapolis I mean last season led the team in tackles you know that's a Darius Leonard thing 
But Okereke decided, you know what, I'm going to take over this time around. I'm going to be that guy that's going to make all the tackles. So, you know, it's great to see him. You know, rookie year, we saw, um, you know, some flashes at times. And then, you know, 2021 or in 2020, you know, it was okay. You know, had a few moments, but wasn't. it, it was kind of a struggle for him at times because Darius Leonard had a few times where he was injured and Okereke got targeted a lot. But then in 2021, really developed as a tackler, did a great job of making himself better. So, so far, I mean, got to love the pick. I mean, it is a good one so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so round number four, pick 109, the Indianapolis Colts selected safety Kari Willis out of Michigan State, who actually just retired recently in pursuit of full-time ministry. So I think overall, though, as a player in the fourth round, I think Kari Willis was a good pick for the Colts uh, for the time that they had it. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a, I thought it was a solid pick. You know, I didn't think it was anything spectacular when we did get him, but at the end of the day, he was a solid player for us. And, you know, we wish him the best in his retirement, but for the few years that we had him, but when he was here, he, he definitely played his heart out. That's for sure. Yep. And he was a good safety for the Colts. Uh, you know, it wasn't anything special in terms of athletic ability, but he was always that solid box safety for the Colts. So, uh, I thought it was a good pick, especially in the fourth round to get a starter for a couple seasons. I thought that was a good pick. All right. Um, now moving on to pick, uh, number 144 in round number five, the Indianapolis Colts selected cornerback Marvell Tell. Now, he actually still is on the roster. Um, it's been a really weird career for Marvell Tell so far with the Colts because he came in. If you remember, he actually like transitioned from free safety to cornerback. So he had like virtually no experience in the league uh, playing that cornerback position. But I felt like in the moments that he, you know, got opportunities to play, I thought he played well given the circumstances. And then obviously in 2020, he opted out. And then really, we haven't seen a whole lot from him or heard a lot from him uh, since then. So he's back with the Colts. He has an opportunity now in this new Gus Bradley system. He's obviously a big player, big physical player. Uh, what are your thoughts on Marvell Tell? I don't really have a ton of thoughts about Marvell Tell. You know, I mean, we haven't seen a ton of him. You know, we thought he would do much better after his rookie year, but obviously opted out. 2021 didn't really see much of him at that time. So you hope that, you know, maybe he does round out the back end of this cornerback roster. But until then, we still don't know much about Marvell Tell. Yep, exactly. All right, round number five, uh, pick number 164, uh, linebacker EJ Speed. What are your thoughts on him? Uh, I mean, you know, it was it was very interesting when we saw him because, you know, he his immeasurables, what he was, you know, he wasn't he's not really a linebacker per se, you know, based off of his intangibles. But, you know, he plays so fast and he's so long, you know, he just doesn't look like a linebacker out there. Originally was a wide receiver in college. But, you know, there's been times where EJ Speed has shown, you know, this guy, this guy might have something in it. You know, he's played a lot of special teams. Uh, we saw him obviously last season play against the Arizona Cardinals had to step in when Okereke and, you know, Darius Leonard were both having issues. So him and Zaire had to step in and, you know, he led the team in tackles in that game. So, you know, EJ speed, I think has got some great potential still left in him. I think some people are sleeping on this guy. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, there's a couple guys here that we'll just kind of briefly touch on. Never really did anything for the Colts of note. Um, let's talk about guys like Gary Green, Jackson Barton, 
and Javon Patterson, all guys that really never made an impact, never really stuck around on the active roster much. Um, so I don't think we really need to touch on them a whole lot, you know, compared to those. some other sixth and seventh round picks that yeah. these have not gone the way Ballard likes. No, they didn't really make any sort of impact at all. So we can just move on, I think, and move on to the 2020 draft. We didn't give a, guess, draft, we didn't give a draft grade. I would say, yeah, I guess we before we do grade. so, what kind of draft grade would you give this 2019 draft, Derek? I would say, oh man, probably give it a B minus. Give it a B minus. Yeah. This this draft has the potential still to make it into the high B, maybe even a, a minus category if a few guys continue to step up. But right now, I'd probably give it a B minus. I'm going to go C. Just because, okay. I mean, you, you've had two second round misses at this point. Like, that can't be understated. Now, it could change, right? And if it does, I'll gladly change my grade. But right now, I, I can't go any higher than a C. You know, I really can't. I don't think it's as bad as the 2017 draft. But I certainly don't think it's it warrants anything above a C. Um, so, I mean, okay. you, you know, you've got a couple impact players. you got Rock, like you talked oh, about. No, man. Oh, no, I mean, you, you, the guys that you had on here for the time being, they were they were starters, man. I don't know. Nobody I just really can't. I, can't I just, I, I don't know. I'm not trying to argue with you, but I'm definitely debating you and saying, like, you gave the other one a C minus, but you're going to only give this one a C when you had, well, like, three times the amount of efficient guys on this this draft. Did you though? I don't think you did. Yeah. Because, I mean, come on. Okay. There's only one guy still remaining on the roster from 2017. Oh, Paris Campbell can be a great one. Rocky Seam was good for a time being. Kari Willis was okay. going to be our start starting safety before he retired. And EJ Speed's a solid backup. Yeah. Well, also, what about Anthony Walker? What about Marlon Mack? You know, some of those guys were solid starters for the Colts as well. Um, I, I, so right. I would disagree. Uh, all right, all right. I'll let you go on that one. I could maybe be talked to C plus, but I'm gonna go. Right. I'm gonna go somewhere between there. So probably right. like a 75, 76 out of 100. Right. I'm still disappointed, that. but it's okay. Yeah, well, uh, you've been disappointed before. It's all right. We'll get over Thanks. it. Life as right. a Colts um, fan. Yeah, life as a Colts fan. <laughs> all right. Uh, 2020 draft. Let's get into it. Uh, a little bit of a better draft for the Colts overall. Uh, Colts got a couple really big impact players for them. Um, I'll let you start with this one, Derek, because I know you love this draft just like I do. Yes, sir. Uh, start with this 2020 draft. Let's go through it. All right, let's do it. So there were nine picks in this draft, and you're seeing the pattern here, folks. In the even drafts, there's a lot more draft picks, and Ballard loves hitting these. So or you had two second rounders. The Colts went and got Michael Pittman Jr. at a USC wide receiver. Then you had seven picks later getting all pro generational running back Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin. Round three, you went and got future all pro safety Julian Blackman. The fourth round, you went and got quarterback Jacob Eason out of Washington. You went and got in the fifth round guard Danny Pinter out of Ball State. And you had four round six draft picks. And that was defensive tackle Rob Windsor out of Penn State. Cornerback Isaiah Rogers, future All-Pro, uh, by the way, out of UMass. You had wide receiver Desmond Patman out of Arizona State. And then you had linebacker Jordan Glasgow out of Michigan. Now, going back to number 34, Cody, what's your thoughts on Michael Pittman Jr.? 
Uh, I love where he's at right now. Um, I love the ascension that he had in year number two. Um, despite the lack of consistency at quarterback, Michael Pittman Jr. was easily the most consistent wide receiver for the Colts last year and you know, hit that 1,000-yard mark despite all the, the inconsistencies and question marks. And so I'm really excited to see him here in year number three working with Reggie Wayne and, and, and excited to see him kind of lead the troops. And a lot of people have said, is Michael Pittman Jr. number one? In my opinion, I think he's done enough to prove that. And I think he's going to take another leap this year. So I think for where you were right there, I think it was a great pick. I mean, this next one, do I even have to say it? I mean, do we nah. even have to give a grade for this one? Because I think I mean, come knows. on, that's easy. Yeah, yeah, we already know. <laughs> Especially JT. since you traded up. I mean, you traded up to go and get this guy, and you basically yes. gave up. You know, you gave up practically nothing to go and get this guy. You gave yeah. up your third round pick and a fifth round pick and a fifth rounder just to go get this guy. Yep. I mean, obviously, home run pick. Yeah, it was a great one. Uh, Julian Blackman. I mean, you and I have kind of been talking about it, you know, what this guy can become. I mean, I mean, this was, this was a secret sneaky pick here. Yes, it was. And I think he has a ton of potential to really be a, a high-impact safety when he's healthy this next year. And I'm really excited to see him here now fully healthy. Talk about the Jacob Eason era and the oh, stamps that we had in our chat for so long just to have him now be a, the backup quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. Oh man, honest, I hated like, that. The actual pick itself at the time, I thought it was I thought it was amazing because I, there were I some people that were even saying like, oh, he was gonna be a second round pick, you know, like and then sure enough, they get him in the fourth. I mean, everyone was kind of just like Wow, that's that's actually not too bad. Yeah, well, I seem to remember. I'm going to call you out. Your worst take of all time. I asked. Uh, I think we did a podcast on the best Chris Ballard picks, and you put Jacob Eason on there. If you remember. Oh yeah, like best ones to that date. Yep. I, I, I didn't. That. Yeah, I think I probably put him at like three or four, probably. Yeah, it was. No, I, I don't was think like, it was three or four. I think we we're doing top ten picks, and I think I had him like. I think I had him in there at like six or seven or something. I was like, are you, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you yeah. know what? I thought it was good at the time. I thought it was good, but obviously I was wrong. Uh, okay. Danny Pinter guard, yep. who we obviously had the pleasure of talking to when he first got drafted. Uh, I mean, Danny Pinter now going to be the starting right guard for the Colts. I mean, that's that, yeah. that pick turned out really well. It did. He's filled in nicely for Ryan Kelly the last couple seasons, and now he gets his opportunity. And I think he's gonna. I really think he's going to excel at right guard for the Colts. And the funny story is, Colts actually talked about potentially moving up into the draft to go and get Danny Pinter. That's how much they wanted him back in that 2020 draft. They didn't think he would fall to 149. So I mean, it's amazing that they were able to get him. So of all these six-round picks, uh, the only one that has really made any kind of headway at this point has been Isaiah Rogers, who I said is going to be a future All-Pro. Uh, Windsor, no longer on the team. He is medically retired. Glasgow moved on, different spot now. And then Patman, who is trying to find his way onto this roster. Yeah, no, I mean, Isaiah Rogers. I mean, he's going to be probably your cornerback two, your outside corner number two. Future so cornerback he one, been- y'all. Yeah, he has been phenomenal. That's been such a great pick. And ironically enough, that was the Quincy Wilson. Uh, that was the return you got for the Quincy Wilson pick. So it's like he turned a major bust into a major win there. Yes, so sir. it was just great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, how's that great. for covering some grass, Quincy? 
Yeah. No, no <laughs> All right. Uh, draft grade for 2020. I'm going to go A. Uh, going to go definitely, A? Definitely going to go A. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Um, uh, you know, I'm, 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 yeah, I, I'm debating between B plus and A minus. I got to kind of, kind of have to talk myself into this. So you got your potential number one wide receiver. If anything for the future, he's going to be a solid number two by far easy. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, generational guy, Julian Blackman, who you think is going to end up being, you know, your future guy, Danny Pinter, you think is going to be your future guy, Isaiah Rogers, you think you're going to be your future guy. Okay. So over half of these picks we think is going to end up being the future at their position and which they're doing. Okay. I've talked myself into it. A minus I'll give it a minus for this one. It's not deserving of an a, but a minus I think is, is easy. Okay. 2021, the fewest draft picks that Ballard has ever had in his tenure with, with only seven this last year, sir, or the two years prior. So here we go. Round one, you had defensive end Quiddy Pay. Uh, Cody, obviously you were over at my house when we uh, watched this pick live. Uh, we did all this draft together, all the draft content. Uh, what was your thoughts on the Colts selecting Quiddy Pay here when they could have went for somebody like, say, Christian Darisol at left tackle? I still would have taken it. I really would. I, I still think this was a great pick for the Colts, you know. And Quiddy Pay's only had one season, so to be right. fair, we don't quite know yet. But you know, he's really, I thought, had a, a great second half of the season. And and I think just all in all, like left ta- left tackle versus defensive end. Defensive end so much more impactful, in my opinion. Left tackle is impactful. Don't get me wrong, but you know, especially with how bad the Colts' pass rush was for so long, I think that pick was necessary. So um, I was glad that the Colts decided to go pass rush over left tackle, in my opinion. Absolutely, could he pay a freakish athlete out of Michigan? Then in the second round, you went and grabbed another freakish athlete. Defensive lineman Dio Odangbo out of, I believe it was Vanderbilt, if I'm not yep. mistaken, or it was Wake Forest. I think it was yep, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And then Dio, I mean, I, I think I recall when that draft happened and when that draft concluded how we ranked these picks. I think that I called this one the number one pick overall of the entire draft. So, yep. you know, it shows you how high I am on Dio Odangbo. What's your thoughts on this pick? Freak. I mean, what else can you say? You haven't seen him healthy for a full season yet. Um, you know, so I'm excited for him in year number two because I think he's going to just take off. I really do. He's longer than DeForest Buckner. He's, you know, disruptive. He's talented. You know, the only thing was he had that that Achilles injury that, you know, pushed him down to round two or he would have firmly been a first-round pick. So I feel like the Colts got two first-round picks in this draft. So that's super exciting. Um but yeah, overall, I'm really excited to see Dio. Um, you know, it's hard to, to give it a grade yet because you just haven't seen him fully healthy. But um, I think the potential certainly through the roof. And then in the fourth round, as the Colts didn't have a third rounder, uh, went and got our guy Kylan Granson tight end yep. at SMU. What mm-hmm. was your overall uh, thoughts when the Colts decided to draft Granson? Yeah, I mean, I I liked it. I think we thought they were going to get a guy like Brevin Jordan at that pick. Yeah, um, we really weren't sure. We didn't know Kylan Granson's name very well, right? Yes. Um. So, I mean, right now we haven't seen him do a lot because he really didn't get an opportunity with the Colts. But what he does offer in terms of skill set is something different 
from what the other tight ends on the roster currently have. You know, he's more of that yak guy. He's more of that receiving tight end, if you will. Um, so I certainly think he's going to have a role this year with the Colts offense. And I think he has a tremendous opportunity to really make a, a good leap here in year number two and, and become a, a really good target for Matt Ryan. So I'm excited to see his future. All right. And then the last four picks here will kind of clump it together because there's not a whole right. lot more to talk about. Safety Sean Davis out of Florida, no longer on the team at the moment. Uh, quarterback Sam Ellinger out of Texas, most likely going to be the third quarterback on the roster yet again. Receiver Mike Strawn, we don't really know like what to expect from Strawn yet. We kind of talked about that like last week, I believe, talking about the wide receiver group. And then the basically the diamond in the rough here, and now his offensive lineman Will Fries from Penn State uh, had a lot of position flexibility, had to play a few times last year when the depth of the offensive line got stretched out. You know, playing in that Arizona game, he was one of the best ones there. So, you know, out of all of these, I mean, Cody, I mean, I think the only one that we can really say has done anything for us right now is Will Fries had some good depth. Yeah, and that's all it's been. I mean, you needed him in that Arizona game, certainly. Um, and I think that's what he's going to be. He's going to be your backup guard. And I think that's a good role for him this year. Um, and I think, yeah, overall, that was the – you really haven't seen any of these guys make impacts. There's still a couple guys, like you mentioned, Strawn, I think has a potential to make an impact this year. It'll just be interesting to see kind of what he does this year. So, yeah. All right, what kind of draft are you get, uh, grade are you giving this one? So this one is tough for me because I feel like it, it, I could give it an incomplete grade, but I think right now I'm just going to go with a B because I feel like there's still tremendous potential with guys like Quiddy, Dio, Kylan, you know, even Strawn and Fries as well. So uh, none of these guys have made necessarily a major impact yet, but I think that I think a couple of these guys definitely will. Well, based off what I saw in the first season, I have to give this a C plus just simply right. due to the fact that, again, we haven't seen a lot of these guys and, you know, that's either because injuries or just not much experience, you know, things like that. So I think that this draft could ultimately be a B, maybe even a maybe even up into an A draft if we talk about, you know, what Quiddy Pay, Dio, and Kylan can end up being for us, right? Like those three, the first three picks can ultimately decide this draft based on how they do it. So really yeah. it's all going to come down to that. So what'd you say? 2017, you said what you and I both said was a C minus, right? C minus. Yep. And then 2018, you had an A plus. I had an A plus plus plus. Uh, 2019. What did you say it was? 2019. I think I said, you said C I plus. Think I said, did you not? I'm like right fringe C C plus. I'm like right there. Okay, I think I said B minus at this point. So 2020. Uh, I said A minus. You said A, A. Correct. Yep. All right. 2021. You said B minus here, and then I said C plus. So yep. we're we're pretty close, it, despite the uh. Even though I think uh, 2019, I think you and I have a different perception on that draft class. But uh, we'll have to see. We'll see what goes on. But uh, let us know your guys' thoughts on these uh, draft classes by the Indianapolis Colts and Chris Ballard. Let us know your favorite picks, your least favorite picks, what you what grades you guys would give them, what grades you would not give them. But that's going to do it for this one, guys. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for the support. And as always, guys, Go Colts.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.